0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Home from Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys, but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home from Home. In this episode, we discuss masculinity and insecurities how to welcome gay friends into a church environment, and cultivating an incredible friendship with someone who is also same-sex attracted. Stick around and welcome to your home from home.
1: We're live. We're here.
0: Hello, Thomas. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I have an update. I said last week in the podcast about this potential job in Sunny Korea, which is an island off Greece. And somehow I got it. Well, there you (laughs) go. Which is like crazy. And then at the time we were recording this, I'm like packing because in a couple of days, I'm going to be flying there. Just the most random thing ever. So now like over the next few months, the podcast won't be from California and the UK. It'll be from California and Greece, which will be cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I always wanted to have a friend in Greece. So now I can say I know someone in Greece.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm, I like, The thing is, I literally could not tell you one word in Greek. So, I mean, what's the phrase? It's like, that's all Greek to me. Uh Like, it honestly is like that. I just honestly don't know any Greek. So I'm going to have to, like, learn something. Maybe next time, next week when we speak, I'll be able to, like, greet you in Greek instead. that
1: should be a (laughs) a great goal. I want you to welcome the listeners in Greek next episode.
0: Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, honestly, if I could learn, like, I mean, from a biblical point of view, it's really good to learn, like, ancient Greek and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, modern
1: Greek is a little different.
0: I know, but where's the use in it, then? I guess for actually living in the town that I'm going to be in. Yeah, right. So I'm going to live in, like, a small town there working as an architectural assistant, which should be, like, pretty cool to get some experience, but... I'm mainly looking forward to the sun and the sea.
1: Yeah, you get to relax (laughs) at the beach on the weekends when you're not working.
0: I know. So thanks everyone for joining the podcast where where we're going to talk about beaches.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know, that's so great. I'm so excited for you. I think it'll be a great experience. It's a short one, but I think it'll be a good one.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good thing about three months is like, even if it's awful, then, you know, I'm coming back. And if it's great, it's an all right amount of time to like still get your teeth into it, I hope.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's a good experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. You know, California is uh, on fire.
0: <laughs> it's burning. Mm. But,
1: you know, we're I'm doing good. I'm learning to surrender uh, the fear and anxiety that can come from a lot of different things. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh-huh. I'm going to let it go. I know that God is going to take care of it what good is me worrying really going to do anyways? I think of the scripture, you know, and and that Jesus says, it's like how many of you by worrying can add another hour to your life? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's just, there's no point in it, but I have been praying for like fire, the firefighters and the families. I know people personally who might have to be evacuated and they might have to leave their homes because they're too close to the fires on top of that. COVID is still a thing. So uh the government's trying to figure out if people have to go to like shelters and stuff how that's gonna affect the positivity rate of covid if that's gonna mm. affect the spread and then they're also saying that the studies now are showing that uh most of the people who are displaced are staying with either families or friends or like relatives and so they're like really encouraging don't leave the house if you don't have to because you're you're already leaving your environment where you are sheltering. Now you're going with another people who may not have been sheltering. So yeah. So there might be a spike in cases pretty soon. And then, you know, we're getting into our flu season. So, you know, a lot of crazy Mm. stuff is happening, but uh, God is working. Um, You know, he's, he's gonna take care of the situation.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm so sorry. That's the situation right now. It's just a crazy, it's a crazy time.
1: It's a crazy year, man. I'm ready for 2021. I hope it's better.
0: Yeah, I know. Maybe things are on the up. We'll see.
1: I have to, you know, I have faith. I have faith that things are getting better. The good thing that's coming out of all this stuff, though, is it's really causing young people to be more politically active and to talk about things that are going on and realize, oh, wow, like Mm. our actions really do affect people. So, um even our church has been a lot more like discussing different things that's been going on. And mm. I'm like, yes, we can we can use this for positive. Like God is working through this. Um, and who knows who will become a disciple out of these times.
0: For sure. Let's keep having those kind of discussions. And speaking of discussions, I mean, that's what we do at this podcast. Yes. And today we have four questions, not three. We felt ambitious. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm an ambitious person. I like talking.
0: All right, so do you want to start with the first question?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, It's a very simple first question, but I think it's an important one. It says, how can you create a safe space for your gay friends at church?
0: Mm. So how can
1: we create a safe space for our friends who are gay?
0: Thanks for this question. This is a great question because I don't know if we speak about this enough, and I don't know how many, maybe a lot, maybe a few, like how many gay people actually want to come to church? Or come with us to church. I know I can sometimes find it hard, like not sure how do I invite them, or what do I bring them to, Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. will they feel weird? Will they ask questions that I don't want to answer? I don't know. Like there's, it's it's really tricky, and I think our default can often just be all right. I'm just not (laughs) going to invite. I'm going to invite the straight cis man down the road who has an interest in the bible instead of my gay neighbor or whatever you know it's um we we take the easy route out so i think this is a this is a great question i think ultimately like just being a safe place means that we're going to love them no matter what and we're going to extend that love so generously um i think of that scripture of how you know, that they will identify us, um, as disciples, as followers of Christ by our love. Mm. And, um, and I think that's probably the biggest foundations go off. I don't know what you think. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I think, you know, it's definitely has to come from a place of love. Um, I agree with your realization that technically like even just not, just gay friends but people who we think that may not be as open to coming to church or to hearing the gospel for whatever reason uh we tend to shy away from sharing our faith with those people or inviting them or having those conversations um so i think you know it's important yeah i think it's about creating a place that is loving that knows how to have conversations with people who are gay um who knows not to make assumptions about people. Cause I think there's the, you know, there's the stereotype of that, like church people can have of gay people of like, Oh, you know, mm. they're not open or, Oh man. Like, I don't know, maybe brothers being like, Oh, what if they like try to hit on me? Or, um, uh. even just assuming that like all people who are part of the LGBT community are like super uh, politically active and are activists and all these things. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times we can see that person, like we can see, okay, the same sex attraction or being gay, like that's all that person is when really there's a whole person yeah. there, you know, and I mean, I have a lot of friends who are gay and we don't like sexuality is a part of what we talk about. But like, there's so much more to that friendship than just who we're attracted to, you know, and we're able to mm-hmm. talk about so many other things in life other than just him being attracted to men. Although that is part of it. That is part of the conversation. So I think just training that person as a whole person, allowing them to grow and being patient because you know they, may not, they might be open to coming to church and like the community aspect of it, but they may not be ready for the Bible. They may not be ready to study the Bible or if they do study the Bible, they may not be ready to like get baptized right away because there's a lot of stuff that they have to work through. So I think it's being patient and knowing that it's not up to us to gatekeep who can go to church. You know, even if they like want to come to church, but like are married with their partner or are dating somebody like, I don't think we should be like, well, you can't bring them here. No, like allow them to come in, allow them to study the Bible, have those conversations, build those relationships, allow them to build the community because it's not Mm -hmm. up to us to gatekeep who can walk into church. It's supposed to be for everyone.
0: Yeah, I love your point about just being patient because we need to, and your point about just their whole person, like, I guess, how can they be, how can it be a safe place? Just don't treat them any differently to how you would to someone else. I think in general, at least I know for my own community and my own congregation, we could do a lot better job at really being a safe place for anyone mm. to come in yeah. without feeling judged, without feeling really ostracized or feeling different. Um, so this is something we can grow in with all people. Yeah. But let's look at them in the way that God views them mm-hmm. as a beautiful soul that we can connect with, and that we can help connect with God. And I don't think it's more complicated than that. Yeah, I guess.
1: I like that the a beautiful soul. You know, that's also a great uh, Jesse McCartney song. But I won't get into that. <laughs> Stop. Okay. <laughs> I don't just a pretty exactly. face. Anyways.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you didn't want to get into I, it. I, you
1: know. <laughs> I can't help it. (laughs) Next question.
0: Yeah. Okay. This question is, how do I accept being myself? I feel like I'm never quote-unquote straight enough around other brothers because I have very few overlaps in interests and hobbies which makes me feel insecure and depressed about my masculinity. I feel very awkward when engaged in guy-only activities and prefer to be around the sisters, mainly because if I'm around the brothers too much, I develop lustful thoughts. Mm. A great question. So it's a question all about how do we, this person, especially who's a male, uh, how does he accept himself not feeling um, straight enough with brothers, the kind of awkwardness there, developing insecurities about masculinity Uh, yeah i don't know what you think thomas
1: yeah no i i want to say listener whoever wrote this question like i totally relate with you i know for Mm -hmm. me uh brother friendships are tricky in the sense that like i don't always feel like the most stereotypically masculine so it's like at least it's it's this way you know, in the I do S I don't, I don't know if it's this way everywhere, but it's like the immediate big conversation to do just to break the ice with brothers is to talk about sports. So yeah. I'm not a big sports person or have been, you know, I didn't play sports. I wasn't really into watching them. I watch sports. Sometimes I watch, well, Americans call it soccer, but the rest of the world call, calls it football. I watch it sometimes,
0: you know, <laughs> um, I appreciate the awareness.
1: Yeah. Well, you know so I I do those things and I do watch like if if a bunch of brothers want to watch a game like I'll watch it um but I'm not yeah like the interests are very different I think my advice is with any kind of brothers that you're you know you're you're interacting with is like focus on the things you do have in common you know and there there's mm. bound to be something and I think even now when you know, there's less of this pressure in the church to present yourself as overly masculine. I think as people grow and, you know, the church culture is changing, that it's okay to like not fit in this stereotypical like bro mentality or culture. You're gonna find people who are going to have similar interests as you. Um, So I think, you know, you could do yeah. that. You definitely don't want to feel insecure or depressed about your masculinity. Like, I don't know this is just me. Ah, uh, this is my thoughts. I think a lot of what we perceive as masculine is just a construct you know it's it's yeah. defined as as social so it's like I really had to go through a journey of what well what what does it mean to be masculine? What does that even mean? I remember feeling really insecure about it. I think just knowing that whoever you are is good and you're gonna find people who are gonna love and support you, whatever you feel yeah. or do, and then when you talk about. Being awkward or feeling awkward when engaged in guys-only activities, and prefer being with sisters because you feel like if you're around brothers too much, uh, you develop lustful thoughts. I think my advice there is to figure out where those thoughts come from. You know, why? What about these brothers are making you feel lustful? What's going on in your life? Similar to you know what we talked about a couple of podcasts ago. I think a lot of you know, what we feel lustful towards has less to do with them and a lot to do with like us and our insecurities and what we're feeling. So I think I would definitely address that. Get open about it with somebody who might be able to walk through that with you and mm. and who will be able to, you know, explore that a little bit. Because, you know, I value my brother friendship so much. Like I have a couple groups of brothers who I absolutely love and adore and honestly keep me faithful. And I love my sister friendships too, but I think there's an importance to have brother friendships to help me be, you know, a better man.
0: For sure. No, yeah, I think I want to tentatively challenge the, the listener Ooh. that wrote in this question. Like, like I said, I, like I agree, and I see a lot of this in my own personality as well. I think something that you have to be careful with is from the way that you've written it, is you do seem a bit like a victim of circumstance, mm. Like you find these relationships difficult, and that makes you feel insecure and depressed about your masculinity? Um, or because you're around brothers, you develop lustful thoughts. It's like there's no agency in that, there's no mm. decision on your part. You kind of are going with you're going with the flow, you're going with what feels awkward, what feels comfortable it feels comfortable being around sisters. It doesn't feel comfortable being around guys. So I don't know. It's easier to be around sisters or it's easy to be lustful. So that's hard too. And um, like, if we just say, okay, well the best thing to do is to then, yeah, you're right. Just avoid being with brothers because then you'll be lustful. And yeah, avoid being with brothers because it will be hard to just have things in common. So like then, I don't know, then there's no there's no spirituality in that, there's mm. no maturity in no that, growth, then you're just yeah. avoiding things that hurt, yeah, yeah, exactly and so, this is an exciting challenge for you um, this has been an exciting challenge, I know for me and um, Thomas, like how can we tackle that head on, and it's a challenge that not many people have to face, and I think this is something that could really grow your faith, and so, I would really encourage you, yes, your masculinity, exactly like thomas said is entirely cultural really there's there's some traits which are kind of from the bible or how god intended it but i think honestly our view of masculinity is very specific when it should be something broad and beautiful as opposed to kind of specific and um really rigid and it doesn't need to be like that god when he looks at you He says you're good enough and he says you're perfect the way you are. You have a choice with these relationships that you have, both with brothers and with sisters. Are you going to take the high road? Like, are you going to feel good in the skin that you're in, feel confident and not let these things develop insecurities, but be brave and ask them about things that you know they're interested in. Mm. If you're like living with a servant mindset, it's not so much about all the things you have in common it's about giving yourself up and being like asking them about that random sport that you really don't care about or just taking that time to put yourself last and Mm -hmm. putting their needs first Um, I know that's really hard because your needs are important too but I think you need to find confidence in your own masculinity and then you need to be sacrificial in your relationships with others kind of not the other way around I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. I think it's, you know, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think it's a balance. There are things that, you know, part of being a friend is I don't think we're all going to have similar interests to all of our friends. So sometimes, you know, one of my friends are interested in doing something. I could care less about this thing. But because I love that person enough, I'm going to be like, I'm going to do this with you or I'm going to talk about this with you or we're going to go through this experience together, even though I could probably Mm. care less about this. Um, and, you know, I had brothers who did that with me you know I'm really into music and dancing and and different things. So they're like, all right, well, you're into this. Like, let's watch this. Let's talk about this. You know, let's talk about what you're interested in. Um, and you will develop similar interests too. I don't think, you know, going for people who have similar interests as you is bad either. You know, I think it's, it's all about it. And I think this is gonna challenge you listener to, uh, to grow as a person and to develop and flourish. And that will give you your confidence. I think there's nothing that it helps to feel manly in the presence of other men. You know, if you're in the presence of other men who love and accept you and are helping you be better, like that's how when I feel the most manly of like, wow, like I'm able to have these really deep, caring, loving relationships. And they push me to be better in a non-judgmental loving but also firm way like that makes me feel really manly i don't know that's just me
0: sweet so should we move on to the next question
1: yes next question it says uh how do you have a healthy deep loving caring and godly friendships with another male who's also same-sex attracted little bit of a of a deeper one what do you think about this one tofer
0: mm. i love this question because um i think you're bound to be in a relationship or i mean friendship with another person who's also same-sex attracted so or i think you should be because they're great and positive things mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um so i think it's a really great question something we haven't really addressed much before I definitely have stories in my past which are very good or very bad, just depending on my heart, their heart, how open we were in communication, Mm. um, how codependent we were. There's just so many variables, but definitely something I really cherish. I mean, I'll start with the bad, just get it out of the way. I think you have to be really careful about especially codependency. I was in a a friendship with someone who was like kind of interning with a church and they were older. And um, then they were also, yeah, it was this old person that was also same sex attracted a few years older than me. Like I got introduced to him and we were getting time together. And I just remember this feeling of like, I was 16 at the time and just having someone there who got it, who understood like was such a big deal to me. I'd never spoken to anyone in person that had actually understood what I was saying. And I think just the idea that I could say stuff and he would get it, like, just meant so much. And it was so encouraging and such an answered prayer, really. And it really did help my faith a lot. Um, I think Satan always has a way of twisting these things. Yeah. And- that encouragement of that like fellowship and that empathy and that understanding satan twisted and my heart became a bit skewed where I started becoming dependent on that when things became difficult my instant thought would be like oh I'm going to go to him and tell him my problems or tell him my issues or I need to hear his advice on how to change on that and it started becoming less about God and more about him and how he could meet my needs and I didn't realize at the time this was even happening I had no idea what it even meant like I knew I was attracted to guys but especially emotionally I really had didn't have that experience of what mm-hmm. that attraction would even look like mm-hmm. um so that was that was difficult and when he left and he left quite abruptly I think that was when I realized that actually a lot of the advice I was getting even from the people around me was like you can't um become dependent on him and i was like i'm not it's not like that like you're just assuming things you're just assuming i'm attracted to him or whatever but actually like um i think in retrospect when i was looking back there's so many things i could have done better and so many more boundaries that would have been helpful just for my heart to still be completely reliant on god you know yeah but how about you i mean what kind of experiences have you had
1: yeah i think since we're both sharing both negative and positive ones Um, I think I'll, I'll go with the negative one as well. I think, yeah, I I totally agree with what you're saying about the importance of boundaries and you needing to be careful about codependency. I mean, you, I've shared about this relationship on the podcast before where, uh, Mm -hmm. there was a relationship that I was a friendship that I was in back in campus, where you know we were both same-sex attracted and it wasn't a healthy relationship you know it 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 we compromised in our morals and values while it was never anything sexual um you know we did things that weren't wise and even just the way that we were emotionally with each other uh very similar to what you were talking about it became a lot more like about us and our emotions and going to each other for things rather than going to god yeah and i started really relying on this person like overly relying where it became really codependent that it just wasn't it wasn't healthy um and so i think for me with that that was like a big lack of boundaries so i just want to encourage listeners um you know to to have proper boundaries and i think sometimes when we think about boundaries um especially me mm-hmm. i can cringe because it's like, yeah, I just think of rules when I think of boundaries, you know, I'm just like, oh, do's and don'ts, what you can and what you can't do. And there's a level of truth to that. But I think it's also a way of protecting ourselves and making sure that our relationship is healthy. And, you know, there's good things, good boundaries to have in any kind of a relationship, whether you're same-sex attracted or not. Mm. So I would just make sure to have good, proper boundaries. Um, I think that's what's important. And to Uh, Make sure that at the end of the day, whilst having good friendships with people who are same-sex attracted or people in general, like having good relationships are good, but they're no replacement for our own relationship with God. Like, he comes first.
0: Yeah, completely. And I think that's a lesson that I've learned just throughout I think when I was younger I was obsessed with just this idea of like I really need just the closest bestest friend whatever maybe then when I was older it became more like I really just need to be in a relationship but I just felt like I needed to fill like that hole you know Mm -hmm. with um with a person not with God with a person and I think when you're in a friendship with someone else who really understands you and like gets those feelings, then they're a great candidate to try to fill that hole, but they're not, (laughs) they're not the best. Like God is the one who should, who should be filling it. I think like for me uh, now, I think with some of these lessons I've learned, like one of my best friends uh, back home is same sex attracted and we just have so much fun together. We laugh about so many things, so many similar interests and, um, yeah, we just have such a good time together and I think so much of that is just we're open and we're honest, but we're also careful and we're guarded and um we have we have boundaries and like you know, and I think basically the the main thing you want to do is just prevent um there's certain obviously like kind of physical boundaries that you may want to maintain. Right. Um or that you should. And I think those ones, you should kind of already know, like, what those are, hopefully. But emotionally, I think the main thing you want to guard yourself from, like I said, is codependency. So really be there for each other, but make sure that, like, ask them, like, who else are you speaking to about this? Who are you getting advice from? And, like, who's who else is in your life? Be a part of their life, but don't be their kind of... I would advise away from being kind of the one source of encouragement, and you know, yeah. Other than that, it can be amazing and so encouraging, and I think something that's so needed in my life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. You know, I look at one relationship that I think has really just helped me a whole lot. Who's also same sex attracted, and granted, he's older, so our boundaries are just a little bit different. Not that they're completely different, just because he's older, but we're both older um and he's older older but he <laughs> has just walked through so much of life um and has kind of has this perspective of like anything that i have been through or i'm going through he's done it or he's been through that so mm. he can kind of walk through that but he also always does a great job of pointing me back to jesus um and working through the emotions but then just being like okay Pray about it or let's pray together or walk like always turning it back to Jesus. And I think that's what's important. Um, and another friend that I have who um, I'm just starting to build a relationship with, you know, who is is also same sex attracted. It's nice to also have somebody who's closer to my age who, you know, I can talk to about, about other things and I can hear him out. So I'm kind of that older brother figure of like yeah i've been through these things i've explored this i've been here i've done that let me help you walk through this but then it's also nice to have somebody where i could just talk to about things who's my age um and you know we we have good boundaries and and it's just nice so i think having those relationships where you have that in common is so helpful um so i would yeah. definitely encourage all listeners to do that uh just with proper boundaries and just know that with proper boundaries, like those friendships can be some of your most special.
0: Yeah, just go for it and be careful. And We just want to make sure that we're wise in the way that we go about these things and not right. kind of rash and following instincts. Like we want to follow our our mind and the spirit instead of just what feels good, you know? So just use those principles. But yeah, I think we've been too ambitious, Thomas. We Four questions is maybe too much for us.
1: <laughs> I think so. I think we should wrap it up uh but thank you guys so much for listening to us and uh i can't wait to check back in with you uh and hear about your adventures in crete
0: oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah and just for the listeners we'll we'll roll over that question to the next week's episode so um yeah we'll see you guys soon
1: all right bye-bye
0: thank you for listening to home from home if you'd like to hear more from us subscribe as we'll be answering new questions each week We'd love to hear your questions. Please submit through the link in the description. Home from Home is sponsored by Strength and Weakness Ministries, a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.